It's 3 p.m. and you're awake, wide awake. It's the last week in October and you've been standing in the middle of the seasonal candy aisle that takes up at least 12 rows for the past 20 minutes. A small music box in the corner just started playing the first Noel. Your grocery store is definitely a Christmas town. That is the only explanation. While you've been waiting all year to celebrate everything that goes bump and creak in the night, come November, it'll be a silent night and you'll be living, breathing, eating, and sweating all things red and green. You might consider seeing a doctor for that last one. October 31st is upon us again, and no matter where you are in the world, you still would miss celebrating the dead worth your life, or the life of someone dead. It's Purple Head Adventures Season 2 finale, and I'm going out with not just a scare and night of terror, but also with a fair share of Christmas in the air. It's an all-inclusive holiday season, and now both the hot apple cider and the eggnog are being confiscated at security. As for the ghost-shaped Reese Cups, those have been out of store since July, so you have gingerbread cookies that you were forced to buy, which are still being searched for explosives again by security. So you've got a map, a Haunts of the World book, a book of Christmas carols, two three-ounce stowaway containers of eggnog and apple cider, and a plane ticket in hand to a destination you may or may have not checked border regulations for. Today we explore the country and the world's most haunted locations and most festive Christmas celebrations. And on top of that, we'll play a real-life game of spooky but festive Candyland to fit both occasions, just to give you full-on cheer and fear. As season two draws to a close, I draw together a web of bright lights and night frights filled with snippets and references of this season's previous episodes. Can you find at least eight references hidden in the dark corners in the lit up grocery store aisles of today's topics? If you can find at least eight, you just might get a travel treat to take. Or is it a fruitcake? Since your October shopping ordeal has kept you wide awake, I invite you to leave the stores behind and venture into all the real life horrors that we can find in the worldwide Yuletides combined. In the world of retail, it seems that Christmas is always before Halloween, so today it's Christmas before nightmares. So grab your purple-headed windbreaker, your costume, your travel-sized eggnog and apple cider, your spirited store aisle mates, your entirely too early store aisle mates shaped gingerbread cookies, your travel bug, your travel blankie that's still coming unrolled on planes, Your backup Amtrak ticket, just in case your favorite budget airline decides to make you miss your flight. Have you checked? You've checked them? Yeah, I checked them. What the heck? I'm to get it. And of course, your mask. Pull the mask towards you to start the flow of oxygen. You must remove your face covering prior to putting the oxygen mask over your nose and mouth. Yeah, on second thought, let's just drive. It's time to hop into my 2002 Pontiac Grand Am with all the travel bumper stickers. The hood is down. Let's head out. My name is Maria Elena, and you are listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. I'm a travel-obsessed entrepreneur working from my home in Ohio to connect travelers from all over the world and to help you make your one days a reality and stop living for the weekend. I seek constant adventure while maintaining an outwardly appearing normal life with a husband, a cat, and a full-time job as a remote speech-language pathologist. I live a real-life accidental comedy show as seen through the eyes of my trusty Mount Zion purple windbreaker as I make my way around the world and live a life of the unordinary, but not the extraordinary. Uh, Christmas is in the air. 
you might be stuck stateside this year, but that doesn't mean you still can't have plenty of holiday cheer. For the holidays, there's no better place to be than Franklin, Tennessee. There you can visit the annual Dickens of Christmas Festival, which is named after Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, and also Oliver Twist both. You can walk around the little Victorian village and try little Christmas treats from the Victorian era like sugar plums. The streets are all aligned with carolers and even Jacob Marley and Ebenezer Scrooge themselves. I'm assuming there are people that are dressing up, otherwise this should belong on our haunts points. But um, yeah, you can also meet Father Christmas himself and visit with the craft vendors and see live entertainment performances. Now, this is one that I'd particularly love to visit because, after all, watching The Christmas Carol with Alistair Sims, that's the version we always watched, has been a, basically a tradition in my Thanksgiving household since the beginning of time, or at least the beginning of my time in 1987. Anyway, Franklin, Tennessee is a great place to enjoy the Yuletide stateside. Wait, 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 hold the phone. It's still October, if I'm not mistaking. Darn commercial marketing. I sure wish they'd follow in the path of the slowest animal on earth, the three-toed sloth. Oh well, at least I am, since that's what's my Halloween costume this year. Anyway, I'm fairly certain it's time to talk about the first real-life haunt of the world, the most haunted places, and we're going to start stateside right in Athens, Ohio. Now, in case you all forgot, this was my college alma mater. It just so happens to be also one of the most haunted places in the country and even the world, for sure, at least in the state of Ohio. In fact, my freshman year dorm was the most haunted dorm, and it just so happens to be that I lived on the most haunted floor, the fourth floor, room 440 in Wilson Hall. Things I remember for 500 that have absolutely zero value. Anyway, supposedly my dorm was in the center of a pentagram and there was this room at the end of the hallway a couple doors down. Now, legend has it that a girl was in there that performed all these seances back in the day and she uh, eventually committed suicide and apparently every person in that room did the same thing after that and they um, they tried to uh, close off the, the room and paint the walls but like blood kept appearing on the walls and they just kept painting over it and it just kept appearing so they eventually turned it into a boiler room. I don't know how much of that is accurate. I'd imagine there's some truths at least. Uh, I will say that it was a boiler room. I actually did go in the room myself. Um, yeah, it's kind of creepy. But uh, actually, there's a little face on the door. There's a face in there. There's a face in there? Yeah. Oh, wow, another face. They call it the demon door. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Athens is known for a lot more than just that. The old lunatic asylum is one. There was actually a woman there that was a patient there who apparently walked up to the top floor and like removed her clothes and just laid down on the ground and died. And now to this day, there's like an outline of her body, supposedly. I don't know. I guess it gets pretty hot up there. Anyway, the asylum is actually now an old art museum. They used to do a lot of lobotomies. Um, they have these like unmarked graves, hidden cemeteries all over the area. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Lots of known haunts and apparitions. Now, they used to have this thing called the TB ward. It's now gone, but as an OU student, it used to be kind of like a rite of passage to go in it. I think I went in it every weekend because that's who I am. I love doing that kind of stuff. But um, it's the only place I think I ever caught a ghost on camera. And I do actually have a picture of it if you're curious. But um, I used to go all the time and uh, just I would just snap pictures around the ridges hoping to capture apparitions not visible to the human eyes. Let's get a picture. He's going to thank me one day when one of my pictures captures a ghostie and I publish a book and we become rich and famous. 
Why, I do believe it's time for another sweet treat to eat. So let's try our hand at Candyland. Actually, there are no hands in Candyland. It's kind of more of a board game. Anyway, if you need a refresher on the instructions or you somehow missed out on your childhood, I am going to explain how this works. Now, in the traditional board game, the idea is to get to the candy castle at the end by picking up these little cards with either one or two colored squares to advance your gingerbread man along. And uh, along the way, you stop at these little candy stations, which either cause you to become stuck or to advance more. So, for example, gooey gumdrop causes you to get stuck. No surprise there. But um, there are various Halloween and Christmas candies along the way, like Peanut Brittle or Lollipop Forest or Candy Cane Lane. Molasses Swamp is another one. I do believe that one is one of those sticky uh, lose-your-turn ones, just going off memory. That would definitely go along with our sloth theme and slowing you down, that's for sure. Anyway, plenty of sweet treats for both Halloween and Christmas. So here's how this is going to work today. So I'm going to give you guys one to two colors of clues of items we may or may not have talked about in our earlier episodes this season. And uh, if you get them right, you get to go on to the next candy or the next spot. And uh, at each station, you'll either be able to advance on or you'll have to find your way out of this sticky situation, if you will, and uh, progress on with a, uh, a worldly candy fact. So you will get some, some information about candy around the world. So um, if you're confused about this, uh, I suppose just assume that um, you'll catch on at some point. And I'm not totally nuts or off my rocker. Okay, maybe I am, but uh, that's for me to know and for you to never find out. Okay, maybe I still am completely off my rocker, but uh, that's for me to know and for you to, um, okay, maybe slowly find out. Okay, maybe I definitely still am, and you've definitely already found out about that by now. Uh, I think it's safe to say that that last one's probably most accurate. Anyway, here's your first color clues. Now, you guys started off with two blue squares. That's a good start. You guys got doubles. Okay, so two things that are blue, one of which is actually relatively recent. It's from last week's episode. But which sea animal has blue blood? That's the first one. Here's your other clue. What is the logo name, not the packaging, but the name itself, the actual written name of this? Um, which one of these logo names on a candy bar is my least favorite candy bar specifically? It's also the one that I had to eat in an emergency situation at Neuschwanstein Castle when my blood sugar was basically code blue because my, well, let's just say my choices of caffeinated beverages that morning on top of a few bad choices with descendants of the Hofbrau house the evening before. So, um, we're talking about Munich here. This is when we were in Munich. So, if you remember my Oktoberfest episode, you might remember this. So, to sum it up, what is the sea animal that has blue blood? And what was that awful candy bar that I had to eat with a blue logo brand name? My friend that I was with that year dropped her bratwurst in front of the bratwurst stand that she bought it from and just started crying. And I'm like, go buy another one. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> But the thing is, is the um, everything's cash only. So um, oh, she wanted right. to save the rest of her money for beer. While you're thinking of that logo, let's think of another place to go. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to get on a little bit of a longer plane ride now to my second home country of Germany, in case you couldn't guess from my clips from my Oktoberfest episode. Now, we talked in episode 7 about Oktoberfest in Munich, but now we're going to talk about Chris Kringle Mart, which is a huge Christmas market in Nuremberg. Now, this one has over 180 stands selling trinkets and toys and gingerbread treats. Oh my. You definitely won't be bored in this one. And actually, 
actually just like Oktoberfest, there's plenty to do for kids, like lantern processions, stagecoach tours. Um, this is definitely a tradition that's stuck around for a while. It actually dates back to 1628, and you thought that old meatloaf in your fridge was old. So today, I invite you to take a break from Mr. Meatloaf. He's too old for you anyway. Uh-oh, here comes another one of my mispronunciations. Hoya Baichu Forest in Transylvania, Romania. Now, I know we talked a bit last season about Dracula's castle. I'm trying to put, eat put, garlic. Put, put it back, put it back. I need to eat it. I think it's safe to say that I'd be safe there. Anyway, we're gonna talk about now one of the most notorious haunts in the world, that's Hoya Baichu Forest, what's known for its UFO sightings in 1968, and it's actually believed to be a portal that causes visitors to disappear. Some visitors actually say that they've had rashes or anxiety or nausea while passing through this forest. Uh, maybe they'd benefit from being one of those rats that don't throw up or something like that. Um, but anyway, it's referred to as the Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania. Oh, and by the way, even the trees are crooked, so that kind of adds to the eerie effect of this place for sure. Anyway, I definitely recommend that uh, you can have some unrest in this forest. And then not actually go to bed for like 48 hours. Okay, on second thought, I think I'd rather not fall asleep in this kind of place. I'd rather not disappear this year. Okay, now I know you must have thought about the things that are blue from our last Candyland clue, didn't you? The sea creature with the blue blood was the giant Pacific octopus. Now that's the one with the nine brains and the two hearts that we talked about last week. Now, if you can remember back to our Oktoberfest episode, I talked about my blood sugar ordeal visiting Neuschwanstein Castle due to my poor morning and previous evening's choices. That candy bar that I detest was indeed the Snickers bar. Yes, that was the one that I ate in the state of emergency with the blue logo. The package is actually brown, but the label itself is blue. And uh, yes, I hate Snickers for what it's worth. Most people like it. It's one of the weird things that I don't like that everybody else does. But um, I never understood why someone would like ruin a perfectly good candy bar with peanuts or nuts in general. So here's my story. I have to have like a peanut butter English muffin like every single morning. Uh, at one point I tried to order breakfast and I saw phantom peanut butter on a sign. I thought I said, I thought it said bread and peanut butter, but it actually only said bread and butter. I was just missing peanut butter so much that I uh, fantasized that it said peanut butter. Oh no, not peanut butter. That's another story. I just don't like peanuts and only in sweet things. I like them by themselves for the record. I know that makes so much sense, right guys? Anyway, let's talk about our next card in our Candyland game. Let's see what you guys get. Oh hey, another double color card. Lots of right, you guys. We have two reds this time. So if we go two more spaces ahead, by the way, we're gonna be talking about our first international interesting candy along the way. But first we have to get this one correct. Okay, so two red things. One of which I've been talking about since August, since episode one. Now I try not to talk more about that terrible P word emic and C word virus that's been shoved down our throats every single day. But um, when I see a picture of the, the model of this virus. It distinctly looks like something red to me. I know I've been talking about it and mentioning it several times all season, but um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe just look at it yourself and see what you guys think. Alright, sorry guys. I'm like a super visual person, so I often see like interesting, weird things in like non-normative ways. <laughs> so, alright guys, if you think that one's way too over the top, let's talk about our next red thing. So, I, like I said last week, um, my husband and I did get to go to the Cincinnati Zoo. We did an animal encounter and 
and uh, this particular animal was covered in red paint. He was making artwork, if you guys may have heard last episode. Um, okay, so this animal was covered in red paint. All right, so to sum it up, what does that terrible sea virus look like to me? That's red. And what animal was covered in red paint? We need some more red in there. Put some more red in there. <laughs> and speaking of red, is it time for some more red and green? I suppose we'll return stateside this time for a bit. Now, I'm sorry, I know I briefly mentioned this one last season, but it was so long ago, and this one really caught my attention, so I just had to mention this Alaska invention. Now, this is in the North Pole. Oh, yes, you guys, remember this from last season? It's in North Pole, Alaska. That one sounds interesting. Yes, who knew there was a North Pole here in the U.S.? Well, I guess you guys did if you listened to last season, but anyway, this one is known for its year-round Christmas celebrations and also candy cane striped street lights and decorations and actually at around Christmas time they have um, like fireworks shows and carolers and Santa Claus and a crowning of the Christmas King and Queen and also the streets are even named after the North Pole like uh, things like Kris Kringle Drive and Mistletoe Lane and uh, they also have something called a Gudik there. Now this is like an old style like Eskimo type ice cream. It used to be made with seal fat back in the day but now it's just straight up Crisco and sugar and berries and I had to make it like five times in a day at one point because I was doing these group therapy projects with like five different groups and you have to mix it with your hands that's just part of the tradition um, I think I had berry juice all over my keyboard like all over myself all over my carpet it wasn't a great scene oh yeah I almost forgot when you head to Alaska don't forget to let's just say savor some flavors with your Yupik Alaskan neighbors Uh-oh, did we get stuck in the gooey gumdrop square in Candyland? Wait. No, we're still in haunted locations right now. So, why are we still in the North Pole? Could it be that... Gulp. It's haunted? Yes, it turns out that the North Pole has a bit of a dark soul. Now, I discovered this one in The Haunting of Alaska show. Yes, I watch spooky things all year round, in case you were wondering. Whatever, I'll do what I want. <laughs> anyway, you guys, um, this one actually came on, and I remembered having talked about this particular location in my season one. So I kind of wanted to revisit it. I was really curious. And it uh, turns out that Alaska itself, the whole entire state, is a pretty haunted state to begin with. Anyway, aside from this young girl's story of her North Pole home having a sinister past, um, some other famous haunts in the area include Chennai Hot Springs Road, which is perpetually filled with orbs, supposedly, um, the Haunted Reflections Nightclub in the nearby Fairbanks, Alaska, Birch Hill Cemetery and Regency Fairbanks Hotel are also known for um, their hauntings, and also uh, the Northern Lights Hotel. Seems like a lot of hotels, along with other several homes within the city limits of the North Pole, so it's a very haunted in that entire area it seems but there are haunts all over Alaska itself so Alaska has a pretty rich and often tragic history related to like the gold rush and harsh conditions and uh, illnesses and there's a lot of uh, practice and belief to begin with that has a strong connection between spirits and living people so it's no surprise that there are a lot of spirits in the area if you don't want to go all the way to the North Pole you can actually visit some other notable haunted areas in Alaska that includes things like McCarthy Road 
in eastern Alaska, the notorious paranormal town of Skagway, Igloo City in Denali National Park, um, Fourth Avenue Theater in Anchorage, the Russian Bishop's House in Sitka, and uh, pretty much anywhere you go in Alaska, you're likely to find something haunted somewhere. It's a pretty haunted state. Anyway, I couldn't say if I were a ghost, I wouldn't want to hang out in a place that celebrates Christmas all year round, that's for sure. And again, with my track record of hypothermia, I probably wouldn't be all about freezing myself to death. Then again, I guess that's sort of a moot point. Anyway, head to Alaska for both sinister sightings and holiday lightings. Or birthday lightings, I suppose. We gotta stay warm somehow. Where did we land in Candyland? Well, that depends on if you figured out in your head what we said that was red. Okay, my first clue was what I believe that horrible sea virus model to resemble, and that is a bouquet of red roses. Okay, call me crazy. Well, I'm sure you guys already do, but um, every time I see a picture of the model of that darn thing, all I see is a bouquet of red roses. If only, right, guys? I know that's kind of strange. It's probably just me. I don't know if anyone else probably thinks that way. Probably not. Anyway, um, if you figured out what my second one was, we talked about that animal that I saw coated in red paint last week. Now, it was indeed the penguin. Yes, the Cincinnati Zoo had a king penguin who was willing to do some artwork for us. He was black and white and red all over. Okay, moving on. Or are we? Uh-oh. It looks like we got stuck in none other than Salamiyaki. Say what? Okay, in English, that's salty licorice native to Finland amongst other Nordic countries. Now, this one is flavored with ammonium chloride. Mmm, sounds delicious, right, guys? Now, this one is probably good for uh, somebody like me in uh, need of replenishing their sodium supply after hiking all day in the Holden Arboretum in the 95-degree heat after also running 10 miles. Um, this would definitely be good for them and people like me, if you remember that story. But um, anyway, if you remember the finish, are also the happiest people on earth. Maybe that's just because they're all on extreme sugar and salt highs. Who knows? Anyway, what are we going to do to get unstuck from this glucose entrapped mess? It's all over. It's in my hair. It's like all over my hair. It's everywhere. everywhere. Oh, I know. And you might too if you remember what, let's just say, the slightly healthier side item and definitively less sticky and a little more mushy and green. So what food item do the Finnish likely not treat their lives like? Hint, they do not treat their life like a green, mushy side item, aka they generally take more time to enjoy life and they're not looking to plow through life like someone may want to plow through this particular side item on their plate to get to the tastier items. Do you remember what it is, or can you guess? Your teeth and your stomach will definitely thank you, by the way. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a little more healthy. So what is this mushy, green, healthy side item that will get us unstuck from that salamaki, sticky situation in another nation? I'm tired of being home for the holiday season. I'm ready to head far away for a reason. Now that being the privilege of Santa Claus Village. And guess where? Oh, right. We're one and the same with our Candyland game. Yes, we're headed inland in the country of Finland. Right in the Arctic Circle, by the way, is Santa Claus Village. It's in Lapland, and actually you can find Santa Claus there himself. He seems to get around. But guess what? 
events take place year-round with little shops and real-life snow castles and ice hotels and igloos and national parks in the area and entertainment and lights and, of course, the post office, although I'm really not sure why you'd need that if Santa Claus is right there anyway. But um, this place has actually been around for 100 years, and it was visited by Roosevelt and his wife. And uh, in the past 50 years, the village has become increasingly popular as more people kind of find out about it. Um, A lot of people want to head to the winter wonderland of Finland. But uh, maybe you don't want to drive to this one if you have to cross a body of water. Maybe you want to fly to this one. like uh, some disintegrating dirt roads in the middle of the pitch darkness, uh, some pretty strange cowls, some dashed lines on my GPS, um, trying to get across a body of water to a hotel, but there were no roads. Have you had enough Christmas spirit? How about regular spirits? Sorry to say we have to head back to the airport to head to Bangar Fort. Now, this one is in Rajasthan, India. It's known as the Fort of Ghosts. Bangar is a small city made with palaces and temples and gates. And it actually was totally abandoned in 1783 at the foot of a mountain. And to make stories short, legend has it that one of two things occurred there. The first of which is that a curse was cast by a holy man who didn't like tall buildings, or at least not ones that were taller than his. Anyway, those same taller buildings, I guess, cast a shadow over his, so um, he didn't like that idea, so he cast a curse. Anyway, the other perspective theory was that a cranky wizard who was obsessed with uh, Princess Bangar herself cast a spell over her to fall in love with him, and it didn't work out too well. Anyway, supposedly visitors nowadays disappear there, much like our Transylvanian forest. Um, They tend to disappear, especially at night. I never understood, by the way, why ghosts supposedly only come out at night. Like, do you really think spirits care about what time of day it is? I don't know, I never understood that. Anyway, the the haunted epicenters of the area are Dancer's Haveli, which is Dancer's House, and uh, the Jahari Bazaar, which is the marketplace, in case you were into a little street shopping. Oh man. <gasps> Window art. <gasps> Can we get this? That's 50 bucks. Please? <laughs> You're not still stuck, are you? Did you get out of that halt in the licorice with salt? What analogy did we use for that mushy green side end of to not treat your life like just trying to plow through your days to get to that tastier dish or that more fun life sitch? That would be cream spinach. Yes, that was the reference we were talking about when we were talking about enjoying every moment of our lives and trying not to perpetually fast forward to the future. But uh, ironically enough, in our Candyland game, the spinach did propel us forward into our next spaces. So um, cheers to that. I'll dunk my toes to that and do an air five to that, I guess. Uh, but just kidding on the air five. I'm trying to build up my immune system. Okay, let's draw our next card. And we got double greens. Okay, sorry guys. I'm totally not into single colors. Those are too easy. All right, all right, all right. So what's green? We have two things. One of which is a soup that was once banned in which African country due to it being deemed inedible. That was from our Cuisines of the World episode. Let's just say I had a little incident with my friend's ramen noodles. Okay, you guys definitely do not want to hear that story, but uh, we won't go there. Let's just say that friendship is a wonderful thing. 
Sorry guys, ramen noodles are indeed edible, most days anyway. We're still not gonna talk about that story. Anyway, the other green thing, so this one shouldn't be too hard. I've mentioned this one a lot, both in my season one and also in this season, but um, which Asian country did I eat an inedible plant from? Okay, I've been telling this story for quite a while, so to sum it up, uh, which African country had the banned green soup? In which Asian country did I eat inedible plants from like a troop? Could you guess which next U.S. Christmas state will host Christmas on the coast? Can you put this shell? You know where's that shell, though? Just a few more shells. Shell, right? I need some more shells. Okay, Barbie's officially spent. She's sick from too much chocolate, she's covered in a half bottle of perfume, and she had a little incident surfing in Malibu and had to be saved by Malibu Ken. Regular Ken wasn't so happy about this, then again, maybe he shouldn't have taken Barbie surfing for the first time on their first date. Why, Nevada, California, of course. California is known for its shells and sand, and of course, Malibu Ken, can't forget him. This one is another gold rush town known for being very quaint and historic, has little historic buildings, and it's pretty picturesque. Uh-oh, pictures. But uh, this one is actually referred to as the Christmas card that comes to life. Now, it has lots of little Christmas carolers and uh, the gas lanterns and artwork and entertainment and crafts. Uh-oh, crafts. <laughs> um, but there's also live performances there. I don't know about this year, but hopefully at least there's some normalcy. But um, this is definitely a must for someone with holiday lust. And because Nevada City's gold mining past has such a rich history and um, culture to it, there are a lot of historic sites that you can visit. You can go gold panning, you can attend the little cultural traditions and take part in the celebrations and festivities. And uh, by the way, speaking of real life Christmas cards, the movie The Christmas Card, if you've ever seen that, was actually filmed there. Anyway, don't miss Nevada City's Christmas. Let's just say that the next 10 minutes involved me running down the street and like pounding on the windows and the door and the bus driver like ignoring me. Like it was quite the sight to see. Like I don't even know what I looked like, but there was like passengers staring at me and oh God, it was a terrible event. Uh-oh, better not miss the bus again. Okay, grab your short book for this bus ride because we're still stateside. Okay, who are we kidding? If you're like me, even if the book is only four pages, it will likely go unread. I was probably too busy writing this podcast to read anything anyway. Oh well, next time. I have trouble doing more than one thing at once anyway involving words, remember? Oh well, maybe I'll just sing instead. <laughs> Sorry guys, like my physical body, my brain is also all over the map. Okay guys, I promise I'm done. Anyway, we've definitely landed in my favorite U.S. city and that is New Orleans. It also happens to be the most haunted city in the country. Now, last season's finale we talked about the Halloween celebrations there, but today we're going to talk about what's actually being celebrated. Why, one of my mini golf victories, of course. It's a really bad idea. That's, that's two. Wait, no, no, that's no, no, two. No. no, it's not. That's, that's no. two. Three. Oh, this is ridiculous. This is not a Three. Real. No, no, no. This Three. is not a real. This does not count. Four. Oh, you got a hole in one. Did I really? Yeah. Oh my god. I got a hole in one. Yeah. 
lame. You don't get anything. Wait, come on. Nice putt, Terbs. How did that even happen? I, don't know, you I should win the game for that. No, you don't win the game for that, but you get a consolation prize at least. Just kidding, we're talking about that ghostly roommate today. Remember him? He's all over Nolens. Alright, so let's just talk about a few of the most haunted places in the city. The Lalari Mansion is known as probably the most haunted place in New Orleans. It's known for many brutal deaths of enslaved people in the attic. I supposedly there was a lot of people that were hidden up there that were just kept trapped. Um, I guess there can be heard screams by visitors all over today, so that's one thing you can hear when you go there. Um, also, Jean Lafitte, which is a blacksmith shop. It was an old blacksmith shop. It's now a bar, and the ghosts that are known to be present there are the blacksmith himself and also this strange woman in black, and no one really knows who she is, but um, this is one of my favorite places to go. Um, it, like I said, it's a bar now, but it, um, it runs off candlelight, and it's actually the second oldest establishment in the French Quarter, and it's known for many apparitions, um, especially in the women's bathroom. I don't know why that is, but yeah, supposedly the women's bathroom is especially haunted. Um, in the middle of the night I had to get up and use the bathroom and I walked outside did the little outhouse thing and it was like pitch black and I didn't have a light with me and I didn't want to disrupt anyone. I was like trying not to make a noise but I had to like remember where the hole in the ground was and I like peed on myself and oh god it was like a terrible event. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. I guess if it's as big of an ordeal as trying to go to the bathroom in the darkness in Cambodia, it's one of those things that just kind of sticks with you for a while that's hard to forget. All right, well, let's talk about the Marie Laveau Cemetery. That's really unique, very interesting uh, piece of history there. Also haunted, of course. Um, even Jackson Square is supposed to be haunted. So basically anywhere you go in New Orleans, it's probably going to be haunted somewhere. There's probably a ghost lurking in like every corner. And you wonder why I want to move there. <laughs> so I love haunted history. Uh, by the way, my friend from Columbia that I talked about earlier in one of my previous episodes, she lives in Richmond now. We visited her this summer, but um, she was talking about her incident when she was there, and that was that she stayed in some kind of hotel where um, her roommates and her were trying to sleep, but there was all this noise and just like hustle and bustle going on in the, the room next door, and she actually complained the next day and asked to be moved to a different room, and I guess the room had been vacant for a long time. I guess the, the, um, the hotel used to be a school supposedly and uh, it was maybe burned down by a tragic fire or something like that so lots of haunted history there okay I promise I'm done with my share of southern scare Uh oh you guys look a little green did you happen to ingest that once deemed inedible soup from Egypt oh yes you guys it was Egypt that was a Malokia stew if you forgot it's characterized as being pretty viscous and also dark green in appearance yeah if you remember that one it was so terrible that it was actually banned back in the 11th century that was from Egypt all right what else is green and also inedible why inedible leaves from Thailand, of course. And uh, for the record, although I thought I was doomed that I accidentally ingested these leaves, I didn't die. I actually didn't even get sick, despite the alarming rate that the the locals stopped me from <laughs> chomping on this, let's just say, fibrous plant. Okay, moving on to our square to none other than the international Japanese three chichiru choco mochi candy. Uh-oh, we're stuck again. Chichiru is basically a chocolate filled with basically anything you can dish up, like jellies or nuts or creams or fruits or basically anything with sugar, which is coincidentally sticky. 
Now, how do we get unstuck? Well, since we're in Japan, what toy did my husband keep alive for 32 days as featured across multiple of my episodes this season? Okay, so which Japanese toy advanced 32 days to help us get unstuck from that Chichiru candy? Okay, I couldn't talk about Christmas hotspots of the world without talking about Bethlehem and Israel itself. After all, that is where Jesus himself was born, and this is kind of what Christmas is about, in case you forgot. You can actually do a midnight mass in Bethlehem and Jerusalem tour on Christmas Eve, which is December 24th, in case you forgot that date. Now, this is available from Tel Aviv, which I believe is the capital, also Jerusalem and Herzliya. Anyway, you'll have a chance to wind through the little narrow streets, and you can visit Via Dolores, which is Jesus' path to his crucifixion. Fiction, and also the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is amongst uh, a few other meaningful historic sites of the area. And after you leave the Old World, you can visit the new city of Jerusalem as you pass through Bethlehem Road. And uh, also Bethlehem will be filled with lights and banners and all sorts of decorations. Um, and you'll end the whole tour with a big Christmas feast. So this sounds like a definitely great way to celebrate Christmas. You can also take part in the festivities in Manger Square. That sounds interesting. Anyway, you really can't beats or find a better place to celebrate Christmas on earth than the place of Jesus's birth. Oh man, you guys, here's one of the most spooky destinations of all, and that's the one that calls us to Dolls. Yes, the island of Dolls, located just outside Mexico City. It's in the Xochimilco Canals. Now, they refer to this one as Isla de las Muñecas. That's what they call it locally. And there you'll find dolls hanging of various colors and styles from trees, which were placed there by the former owner named Don Julian Santana Barrera was his name. Now, he believed that dolls would chase away evil spirits, specifically the one of the girl who drowned in the area, and spookily enough, Julian died himself of a heart attack right in the same place that the girl drowned. Supposedly his superstitions, by the way, were not totally unfounded because Don Julian was experiencing numerous paranormal phenomena, and he would hear a girl cry out, I want my doll, along with a floating doll that he found floating in the water right where the girl drowned, supposedly. Um, that was the first doll that he hung on a tree out of respect but he gradually started hanging up more. Some with missing body parts. Not sure why he decided to do that. Seems like it's kind of like straight out of the Blair Witch Project there, but the paranormal activity just increased, and um, as you could probably guess, the visitors continue to hear whispers and mysterious occurrences happen to them, all sorts of stuff. Now, I'd be shocked if this kind of place wasn't haunted. Anyway, speaking of toys... How old is Tom Gatchy today? He's 31 years old today. It's his birthday. I can believe he's 31 years old. What's the record supposed to be? They say they can only live to be 24, right? yeah. There's something wrong with this oh, one. No, he lost. Yes, that's right. He's still alive one week later. So what happened? And Tamagotchi left on the spaceship. Oh no, we're on another hike and he made it to 32 years, yeah? Yeah. If you guys haven't guessed by now, indeed, Tamagotchi will be getting us out of the sticky Japanese chocolate mess. Yes, Dan had one that was uh, record-breaking 32 days old, which is crazy seeing as to they're only supposed to live for 24 days, so I have no idea what happened to that one. But um, then one day it actually died when we were on a hiking trail, and uh, as you heard in my clip, we actually missed the big send-off to space because it was on mute. 
my husband hates the sound of chewing. Okay, disclaimer. I don't know. I forget what the word is. There's actually a technical term for that, but he's usually like marching way ahead whenever I whip out an apple. Like, I don't hear that crunching noise, and he hates the sound of apple chewing in nature. I don't know. It's pretty comical to me, but yeah, he hates my chewing. Misophonia. That's the word, by the way, for somebody who has a hatred of chewing sounds. I didn't look that up. Either that or Dan just couldn't hear it over my apple chewing. Anyway, whether it was on mute or not, the point is moot because we're moving on and uh, I can actually see that big candy castle at the end of our game approaching, but first we need to draw just one more color card to get us moving forward. This time, you guessed it, you got doubles again. It's almost like this game is rigged, right guys? <laughs> okay, so this time you guys got two yellows. So the first clue is a yellow fruit, specifically one that adds a plethora of health benefits to to wine when you make wine out of it. We actually based the entire game out of this back in episode five. So if you heard that episode, you definitely know what it is. If not, maybe you can guess. Um, by the way, this fruit can be green at times, especially at a grocery store, especially ones around here when they're not ripe. But um, if it is ripe, it is yellow, and that's about the time you would use it to make wine. So, okay, so your other yellow thing, let's talk about that one. Now, I'm actually going to give you the answer to this, and no, don't worry, there will still be plenty of thinking involved, no freebies here. But um, this one's actually a particular type of sweet potato. We talked about it at one point. This sweet potato can be yellow, it can also be brown or orange, but it's often yellow. Now, the sweet potato is called the Kumara, and if you can recall what we talked about back in um, our episodes before uh, about the traditional sweet potato being used in those underground oven pit cooking ceremonies, which, uh, which country's native indigenous people actually perform those oven pit cooking ceremonies? So, okay, so here's our, our summary here. So, which fruit is yellow that adds a significant amount of health benefits to wine, and the yellow Kumara, that sweet potato, is used for those underground oven pit ceremonies in which country's native people's traditions? Have you had enough Christmas overseas and creepy doll trees? We're making our final Christmas stop for the evening, landing back once again in our home country. Or my international listeners, I, I guess I'll just top off your three-ounce stowaway container of eggnog for the long plane ride home. Uh, for the record, I don't personally like eggnog. Yeah, I know, that's the last blasphemous statement I'm going to make this season, I promise. Seem to be full of those this year. Anyway, we're headed now to our final Christmas destination in Durango, Colorado, where you can really express your holiday cheer on none other than the Polar Express this year. Yes, Durango's home to the real-life Polar Express, which is a 26-mile journey in a Cascade Canyon that leads you through San Juan National Forest and Animals River. And when you're done with that, you're basically right in a winter wonderland anyway, and you can enjoy views of the snow-capped mountains, hopefully without losing your rear room mirror or your hubcap just me again. Anyway, uh, you can enjoy the Christmas lights and the shopping in the main downtown area. It's called Christmas Town, or you can go skiing or snow tubing. Lots of winter sports available. They also have sleigh rides, and if you love Colorado as much as I do, you can hang out there until January and go to the Snowdown Festival. Did I name that? I feel like that's something I would name. Anyway, this is definitely a Christmas location that is unique and definitely a vacation and a destination you should seek. Sometimes mad people commit bad crimes. Freaking idiot! 
hey, write Napoleon this time. But the worst of the worst were sent to Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, this one opened in 1829, and it's noted for having a, quote, menacing Gothic style to it. Now, it was actually the first U.S. prison to implement solitary confinement, which, of course, is a controversial practice for sure. Not sure what I would do if I had to deal with myself every day for hours on end, but um, I wonder if they allow coffee in there. Anyway, the prisoners basically had no human contact. That actually sounds wonderful up until about noon. But um, even the prisoners that were moved, they had to wear hoods over their heads. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds like something I would do anyway. <laughs> but uh, anyway, supposedly some thought that uh, the social deprivation would kind of rehabilitate these criminals, and others believe that it was kind of just like a cruel torture. Anyway, uh, the prison is characterized by having high, crumbling stone walls that saw many suicides and madness and torture and murder and diseases and basically everything really bad. This is no mold at all. No. This, this, this is no mold at all. No. Far worse than blue cheese, that's for sure. But the prison was actually closed in 1971, and it's been featured in things like Ghost Adventures and other paranormal TV shows. Um, it's also been labeled one of the most haunted destinations in America. So to name a few uh, sightings that people have seen, cell block number 12 is known for its cackling. Cell block six is known for shadowy figures, and cell block four is known for ghostly faces and footsteps and whales. Sperm whales have different sound patterns, kind of like people do, different inflections. No, not whales. Whales like the sounds. Ugh, okay. The most notable story actually comes from Gary Johnson. He was a maintenance guy back in the 1900s, and he said he experienced a horrible energy gripping him so tightly that he was unable to move. Now, that was outside the same whaling ghostly cell block four that we just talked about. I could go on all day about this paranormal activity here, but um, nothing I say will keep you ghost lovers or the spirits away. So choose this rare scare if you dare. Oh, oh my god. Okay. Oh god. I, I, cross, I have to cross the street. I'm gonna go on this side. Uh-oh. 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 Don't run either because you're This is not good. How are y'all doing on your sugar consumption? Probably a bit hyperglycemic if you've been enjoying those health benefit and antioxidant packed pear wines along with our traditional kumara sweet potatoes in the ground oven pit of the Mary Hungi dinner ceremony in New Zealand. Yes, those were your answers. Pear wine, if you remember from my ever so innovative wine pairing game with Claudia earlier this season, it's exceptionally healthy in doing things like reducing your risk of diabetes by like a whopping 30% or something like that. Also, the Mary people are indeed the indigenous people of New Zealand. If you remember, they cook food in the ground on the thought process that they come from the earth, so cooking in the earth is the most natural. Maybe my pica would fit in there a little better. Hmm. Anyway, okay, we have to advance on to our final candy stop, which is, drumroll, kitten tongues. Okay, so I can't let you guys leave me this year without giving you one more reason to make fun of me. Okay, um, I'm going to attempt to pronounce this candy in Czech. Okay, what it's really called is, okay, Co CC Jazzy Key. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, but that translates into kitten tongues, which I promise is not at all what it sounds like. Don't worry, the Czech aren't eating like rough little uh, wet little pink 
candy is covered with meow mix and hairball and that's just like what I think of um anyway they're actually just milky chocolate bars okay now I really want to meet the person that is uh, responsible for me naming that one I feel like we must be like related somehow I don't know sounds like something I would do um, actually the candy came from Vienna originally in 1892 but it became popular in Czech Republic in the 1920s and 30s well, since kittens are actually full of energy and definitely fast and their tongues are usually wet, I suppose uh, this candy has landed us in no other than the Candyland Castle. Yes, we've reached the end of our game, so hopefully you all aren't um, at the end of your nerd rope on my ridiculous far-fetched games. After all, in games I've never really been known to be such a, have such a wondrous way with uh, words. Well, Aunt. Okay, no. so is, is it one or not? That's not one. It's not also not one? No, because... So what the hell's the animal then? <laughs> okay. We've got two animals, a bass, I which is a fish, and an ant. Okay. So, so what's the animal? What's the animal then? The answers were stable and scratch, okay, because... What? Okay, <laughs> listen. Animals? Okay, but listen, I tried to make you guess sleep the first time because it was dream and horses sleep in stables. That's the only thing I could make. I understand that it's a bad game, but... So then you so, guessed this, and I was afraid you would guess it since this is on here, and you would like somehow not think of that as being in the game. You said but animals. I know, that but... That was a terrible hint, Turf. I, okay, stable right, maybe that was a bad gone. Then again, like most things, it's genetic. Swashbuckler, too. What? Okay, that's... Swashbuckler, what? Yes, never a dull moment in the life of a purebred Turbeck. Okay, you guys. Uh, so your prize for winning the game is none other than a butterscotch. <laughs> so don't judge me for that. Um, that was always the prize of the winner playing Candyland when I was growing up. So as the holiday season is all about, you can carry on traditions, but also always add new additions and celebrations with all of your relations in all nations for generations. So did you catch at least eight more obscure hidden references to my earlier podcast today? Don't forget to contact me at info at purpleheadadventures.com for one final travel treat of the season. So as we head to bed this late October night of quasi-Halloween Christmas purgatory, we take back with us everything that we learned in the world. Our foods, our wine tastings, our wildlife encounters, our festivals, our own backyard adventures, our hiking trails, our connections, our passions, and most importantly, our past, present, and future experiencing all of it. May we take every place we roam back to our own home. Maybe now we won't even be as resentful of that music box in the store replacing that gore decor. Remember to make the most of every day. Fill each day with as much baklava, olives, amicable mini golf, pretty shells, and as many pictures as you can get away with. Be comfortable laughing at yourself. Be comfortable being uncomfortable <laughs> because that's really going to help shape you. Remember that the best way to finish is to simply begin and that apple crunches and leaf crunches are always better than time crunches. If you're traveling somewhere with your family or you know, husband, wife, whatever, like find a, find a day and go, go hiking. Like that red wine, be as bold as you can be when you begin your days and fill them with blended bodies and glasses half full and always remember to end them with a strong, sweet finish. For me, it's just fun to visit and hear the stories. Never forget to just walk out your front door to explore. Never be afraid to do things that are hard in the interest of moving your pumpkins across the yard. So many people haven't really gone out there and really experienced it. You know, enjoy a day versus just binging on Netflix or whatever. Remember that confining ourselves to a small bubble is the quickest way to get us all into trouble. We are powerful, omnipotent beings. I'll just 
say that no matter where you're at, you are not alone. Try your best to live every day like Oktoberfest and make the most out of every post. Always end your day with memories with friends from far away. I took a moment and really was thinking, wow, like we're, the whole world is right here. Let your ultimate goal be to lead with your soul and to ditch the pre-mapped phone GPS to follow the lead of your own GPS. The people who are feeling amazing have learned how to get out of their own way. Never forget the faces you know and still be prepared to explain the words so wherever you go. But I just thought that was one of the standout experiences was talking with everyone at that table because one of them was from Italy, one girl was from Argentina. Always stay curious and live your life with all your brain and all your heart, no matter how many you have. One of my teachers, like the very first teacher I had when I decided to become a coach, he said, passion over pills. Find your purpose. Never lose sight of what's more than just black and white. And no matter what, enjoy the plane ride and that Amtrak ride with you as your main guide. Traveling does that. It helps us grow in ways that we don't even know. And it helps us be better citizens of the world. From San Jose to Columbia, South Carolina, to Rome, to Lima, to Beijing, to Helsinki, to Berlin, to Paris, to Phnom Penh, to Rabat, to Wellington, to Brasilia, and to Tallahassee, may you always be free from sea to sea and to make the most on every coast. But always adventure as much as you can, even when life doesn't go according to plan. Just enjoy the tide at seaside, the countryside, and the mountainside worldwide, even when you're roadside because you've missed your bus ride. So decide to always live life on the wild side yet tame side, the adventurous yet relaxing side, the tasty side, the hydrated side, the accomplished side, the grounded yet impromptu side, the balanced side, the sweet, bold, and slightly fruity side, the present and fulfilled side, especially when your coffee's on the caffeinated side, the cheerful, cultured, happy, local, and curious side, the daring and passionate side, the self-loved and connected side, the cool and tropical sides, the wildlife side, the natural side, the shared and paired side, and of course, the mostly ghostly side with a little holiday cheer no matter what time of year. And don't forget to sometimes do everything I would do because it's how you stay true to you while expanding your point of view, and it's how you learn to grow and let go and sometimes just go with the flow. So absolutely do things like chase after Greyhound buses, nearly burn down hotel rooms with your much-earned birthday candles, wear your hot sauce and powdered sugar on your sleeve, have accidents in outhouses in Cambodia, ingest unknown plants in Thailand, blast people with barbecue sauce, see mirages of peanut butter, fix broken mini golf courses, amuse yourself with your own terrible rhymes, continue to give money to your favorite budget airline, dehydrate in a desert as long as you make up for it by drinking wine and swimming across a lake, go on history tangents, stalk random strangers' homes, allow mosquitoes to feast on your knees while you feast on tropical snacks, hammer innocent weed trees but touch fuzzy cacti, be a terrible zoo companion, have trouble with gravity in public and allow your irrational phobias to disrupt the peace, eat entirely too many pumpkin donuts, have trouble focusing, spend your life savings on Halloween decorations, get into trouble on foreign soil for being covered in foreign soil, or lose your hubcap and rearview mirror because it's too late to look back now. Embrace those C words and P words because you can only go forwards from here, especially when you live in your words. But most importantly, live your life today and tomorrow. Explore the world and say yes to yourself and never be afraid to be the driver or the pilot of your own life. Remember that the scariest moments are often the most important, but the cheerful ones are often the most memorable. So live every day like Christmas and every night like Halloween. Get out of your house, explore, experience, seek out scary adventures whenever you can, and always remember to light up the world wherever you go. 
Make your one days into two days. I've already packed your suspiciously explosive festive gingerbread cookies in your three ounce container of hot apple cider in your carry-on. Also, I've included a slot to help you slow down and to help you remember to expend energy on only what's important. So don't forget to hurry up and find your energy to make important memories that you'll never forget. It's time to miss your bus, but to make yourself. See you next season. This is Marie Elena, and you've been listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on our journeys today. If you think you'd like to hear more and you want to stay updated on the whereabouts of an accident-prone purple windbreaker, or if you just like to live the life of adventure through your earbuds, or maybe you enjoy restraining having milk coming out of your nose buds every week, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Otherwise, you can check me out on my website at purplehoodadventures.com. Or you can check me out on Facebook slash Purplehead Adventures, Instagram, or whatever other 8 million forms of social media you might use. Until then, stay tacky, San Francisco. And remember, life is not a book to be read, but a story to be told. So get out there. And remember, always, hood down and head out. <laughs> <laughs>